How many of you have at least two children or one sibling? At least two children or one sibling. Now, of those of you who raised your hand, how many of you have said or heard the following said about you and your sibling or your two children? If you've been around me much, you may have heard me say, our children, they are as different as night and day. It's true, right? So often siblings have different interests, different gifts, different personalities. For example, when our girls were young, very young, I asked their permission if I could tell the story to you this morning. When they were young, very young, one year for Christmas, they received a gift that some of you may remember. It was a package. It was a package of days of the week underpants. (laughs) Do you remember these? There were seven pair in the package, and each one had a day of the week printed on it. Well, one of our daughters was delighted with this gift. She took them out and she laid them out in order. For a long time, she made sure to wear them on the proper day. She even went so far as to put them on the night before, like after Wednesday's bath, she would put on Thursday, so she was ready to tackle Thursday as soon as she got up. The other one did not approach the matter with the same level of seriousness. So one night we heard Ella explaining it to Lucy. She said, you are supposed to wear them in order. You wear Monday on Monday and Tuesday on Tuesday and Wednesday on Wednesday, she said. At the time, Lucy was in four-day pre-K, which meant that she went to school Monday through Thursday. Andy and I were eavesdropping, and we were not all that surprised to hear her response to Ella. She thought about it for a moment and said, hmm. Well, you know what? Friday's my day off, so I'm gonna wear Friday every day. (laughs) Right? Children are as different as night and day. They have different interests and just sometimes different personalities. When I read this story today, I wonder if Mary and Martha's mother didn't say the same thing. I mean, Martha's in the kitchen, and Mary's in the study. Martha's wearing an apron, and Mary is wearing reading glasses. We shall not go too far with these descriptors because they just point out their differences, and it could lead us to choose sides, suggest one is better than the other, which misses the point. Because for one thing, we need them both in our lives, and certainly in the church. In the church, you know Martha. Martha is the hands and feet of the body of Christ. Martha's the one who gets here early and makes sure that the coffee and the refreshments are put out. She organizes the food for we care. Soon enough, Martha will be putting angels on Christmas tree for guardian ad litem 
and Mission Peniel. Martha makes casseroles, and she goes on mission trips, and she sends cards to the sick, and she visits the shut-ins the church needs. Martha. And Mary, too. We know her. We know those who sit patiently and thoughtfully at the feet of Jesus, who immerse themselves in his teaching, who rise early for devotion, who practice yoga and meditation. I can imagine Mary as a Stephen minister, someone trained to sit and listen and pray with and for others, to pray for patience and wisdom and peace and strength. During worship, the Marys among us do not think about what they have to do later that afternoon. Mary does not make a grocery list on the back of her bulletin. During the sermon, Mary nods affirmingly, and during the hymns, she sings joyfully. The church needs Mary. Perhaps their mother said they were as different as night and day, and even as she said it, she knew that God had entrusted them both with these beautiful and unique and meaningful gifts, and that one wasn't better than the other. They were just as we are, as the psalmist says, fearfully and wonderfully made. Perhaps she saw their differences as gifts. I don't know how familiar you might be with the book, The Five Love Languages. There's one for adults, there's one for children, and there's one for teenagers, too. If you aren't familiar with this work by Gary Chapman, I lift it up to you. In short, the premise is that there are five love languages, one that we give and one that we receive. Quickly, his categories are this, quality time, gifts, physical touch, acts of service, and words of affirmation. If this interests you, you can go home and read about it online this afternoon. You can take a quick quiz. You can ask your family to take it. In my former church, we studied on this book a bit. And a number of people told me that it changed their marriage. One man said, this book changed my life. He said, for 40 years, I have been buying my wife gifts, expensive gifts. Turns out she doesn't even care that much about gifts. She feels loved when I do things for her, like empty the dishwasher or clean out her car. He shook his head and he said, I could have saved so much money. Yes, I said, and the dishwasher would have always been empty. Your results may not be that significant. And I don't love everything about the book. But I found it a useful resource, especially in parenting. Parenting children who are as different as night and day, and you might too. If we apply Chapman's categories to this little snapshot in the life of Mary and Martha, We could say maybe that Martha showed her affection by 
acts of service, and Mary by quality time, being present. One isn't better than the other, and they're both biblical. In going to the kitchen, Martha was being faithful to the tradition of hospitality that began long ago, when Abraham and Sarah welcomed three guests into their tent. That's a great story. Do you remember that story? It's in Genesis chapter 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham, and as he sat, he saw three men, and he ran to meet them, and he bowed down, and he said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass. He said, let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourself, and they agreed. And then he ran to Sarah, and he said, make ready quickly three measures of flour, and knead it and make cakes. Martha was part of a long tradition of cake makers, and so are we. Mary was a student. She sat at the feet of Jesus in the posture of a disciple. So do we. Earlier when I was describing their differences, I said Martha's in the kitchen and Mary's in the study and Martha wears an apron and Mary wears reading glasses. But I stopped short of saying, Martha is busy and distracted and Mary is present and attentive. I stopped because as one commentator I read this week said, this can be a dangerous story. Because if we censor Martha too harshly, she may abandon serving altogether. And if we commend Mary too profusely, well, she may sit there forever. And the point is, there is a time for both. There is a time to go and do. And there is a time to listen and learn. There's a time to give and a time to receive and knowing which is which is a matter of spiritual discernment. Somehow when Jesus came to the house that day, Mary sensed it was time to listen, a time to receive. And that's hard for some of us. For some of us, it is easier to be busy, very busy, doing good and necessary things, so occupied in the giving that we do not have time to realize how frequently and deeply we ourselves stand in need. And yet we are in need, you know, of love and grace and peace. In the English, we hear that Mary has chosen the better part. But the Greek, the word is really translated good. Mary has chosen the good part. She's chosen the connection to God who is good, who grounds energy and all of our effective service. Perhaps Mary and Martha's mother said they were as different as night and day. Perhaps she knew the world needed them both, and even in recognizing their differences, she saw their sameness, their relatedness, I don't know, maybe they had the same eyes or the same smile. Sometimes there's no denying when you are family. And I imagine like all mothers, 
She wanted them to understand and respect and love each other in whatever language was most natural to them. God wants the same for us. As a family of faith, our sameness isn't in the color of our eyes or our smile. It's in our baptism, in our call to be united in Christ Jesus our Lord, to be this called-out community of believers, the body of Christ, who, like Mary, is called to be present and attentive and centered in the teachings of Jesus, rooted in worship. We are to be rooted in prayer. We're to be people who recognize that God, who is good, is the source of all effective service. And we're to be people like Martha, who serve who continue the long tradition of hospitality, who make cakes. People who know there's a time to listen and learn, to go and do, to sit and to serve, to give and receive. May we be people who celebrate that God knit us together differently, Uniquely, beautifully. Some of us are as different as night and day. But we're family. We're the family of God. Called to love and respect each other. Called to listen and learn and go and do and sit and serve and give and receive. Together as the family of faith. Alleluia. Amen.